gotta get messy and show the world you growing as an artist and you're free to be yourself you got a dream you need to start it stick together get messy says you're formally invited to a community where you can find people that spark the field of excitement too many art supplies not enough time no it's tougher so you must find a way to feel some connection we got a lot of people with the same kind a great mind we here for you a platform so we can hear your views time's yours forget chores i know you border them same rules was such a struggle to title this episode because man oh man there were so many good bits and so many great topics I couldn't I couldn't whittle it down to one that was tough if you're like me who chooses their episodes based on the title man you're doing yourself a disservice I've realized that with myself because we are not only going to talk about book writing. In fact, that is a small bit of it, but I ended up titling it that because that's what we got together to talk about and that's what we have in common among a bunch of other stuff. So we talk about writing a book in the freaking pandemic, going through that kind of a large-scale project when the world's essentially crumbling down. We also talk about running an art business and the ultimate goal for us, and spoiler alert, that goal is not money. We speak about running a business that is aligned with your values and one where you're able to articulate your own voice and able to be yourself, even if everyone around you has spoken about how you should not be yourself. And even even what you consider to be a weakness, it, it's not necessarily a weakness. It's, it's actually a strength. We talk about Kaylee's burnout. She opens up about that. Pretty freaking cool. And I throw in a few dad jokes. And then, beautiful listener, we speak about Kaylee's exciting new plans and they are exciting and I'm excited because this is officially the first place she speaks about them such an honor anyway Kelly is a fourth generation artist she grew up with art as part of her daily life Kelly worked for many years in the design industry being published creating trade products and running workshops And so one day she found herself with the overwhelming desire to go back to her roots in fine art. Once Kelly decided to make the switch to painting, she went full speed ahead with her art career. She lives near Baltimore, Maryland with her husband, three red-headed sons, and the cutest new poochies. For this episode, I recommend making art as you listen and letting Kelly's words influence your work as you do it. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much, Kelly. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, oh my word. I I love talking shop with you. You are one of my favorite people to talk shop with and one of the very few people that really, really get it. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to our discussion. I'm really excited too, because it's 
sometimes a lonely world out there in the whole business realm. So having somebody that understands you and gets you, it's, it's a great thing. And I think it's been exciting because for quite a few years now, we've been able to connect on and off through our mutual experiences. Yep. Yep. A uh, little bit of background initially. I mean, I can't remember exactly how we met. The internet brought us together. Yes, and I, I was think like, it's like a Facebook group or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I need you to teach for KMAC. You made an incredible workshop there. And then recently I taught for you for your amazing summit. Yes, so we've been collaborating for a while now. So the summit, which is running all summer long, the Virtual Arts Summit has 16 artists including Kaylee teaching all about <laughs> color. And I love that your lesson is about uh, color for the scaredy cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it just, it just goes to show how important color is even when we think it's not right. Yeah. Well, what I love is that the people who are taking the class, the students or artists, they are eating up this lesson. They love the simplicity of it. And yet the freedom that, well, I mean, that's what you, that's what you offer with Get Messy anyway. So yes, it's been a super exciting experience running this summit for the second year. Yeah. Oh, and I'm really excited for next year's one and the next year's one. <laughs> I know. I have to keep it up. My husband told me, she, he's like, you cannot let this idea go. You got to keep going with it. So I think I'm just hoping year after year it grows. And what I love about the summit is that we offer it as a pay what you can instead of um, so that everybody can participate, no matter whether you your if your purse strings are pinched. And right now you just need art. You can come in at zero for a 30-day access. You can make a small donation too for 30-day access, or you can purchase it to keep forever at a, at a very reasonable price. But everyone has access to the summit. And then in the end, we take the money and we create scholarships with it so that more people can have art. And I don't know, this was a crazy idea I had, one of those shower ideas. If you, if you know me, I have shower ideas all the time. But last year when the pandemic hit, I just thought I have to do something. I have a platform. I have the ability. I know the most amazing artists on this planet and I'm going to bring them together and we're going to do something that benefits everybody else. And because it was such a huge hit in 2020, I thought, well, let's just keep this up and make sure that everyone has a chance to make art. And so it's been working great. Last year, we raised enough that I was able to give out $9,000 in scholarships that included art supplies. Amazing. So we're hoping that we'll be able to double that this year. Ooh, oh yeah, you're so giving. And it's been so exciting seeing everyone being able to join. Like there's no, there's no reason not to. There's no reason not to. There's no risk involved. Just come and be part of the community and see if it's right for you. And if you have the means to contribute some to the summit, do it. It, it just it spreads the joy across the entire planet. I love that. I mean, we really have people from 
everywhere. South America, Africa, <laughs> Asia. It's just every corner of the world is being affected by this beauty of making art. And I just, it blows my mind. If you could see me on camera right now, you can see I'm like all lit out and I'm making that emoji sign of the little happy yellow face and the brain exploding. And that's me right now. The fact <laughs> that we can do this is just still mind boggling to me. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you. And yeah, thank you for all the work that you're putting in so that we can all, we all get to experience this. Yeah. Well, you know what? I love this part of the, my job. I love being an artist, but I love business. I'm kind of crazy about it. It's weird. I love the fact that I can figure out all these little weird nuances with tech, how to communicate, how to get the information out there to the public, whether it's through ads or through um, other people helping spread the word. It's just been like really kind of a fun process. A lot of work, but really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that summarizes what being um, at the helm of an art business really is, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. <laughs> you understand what that's like, though, Kaylee, because you've been running Get Messy for what six or seven years now. Yeah, seven seven years now. Wow, it's it's like I said the other day. It's like such a mountain to climb because you have no idea what you're in for, the kind of tech you have to learn, customer service, the list of things that I've learned in the last five years of running a business is like astronomical. But once you get to the top of the mountain and you look back, you're like, wow, look how far I've come. Look at how much I learned in order to get to where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. So, same with art, right? Like same yeah. with art. If you look back at your art and you just, it doesn't feel Okay, sometimes it does feel like a slog, but like you look back <laughs> and you're kind of surprised at how much there is. Well, I I kind of hope so. If you look at your early work, any of us can go back to our early work and see the progression of what we've learned. Even my knowledge of color, it's like so different now from when I first started. Um, I, I, when I first launched into showing my art in 2012, I was working in soft pastels or chalk pastels, which um, they're like, you can buy hundreds of different colors and there's not a whole lot of color mixing. You just really have to pick and choose the colors that you like. And it was a lot of fun, but it was very dusty. And I eventually thought I really need to get back into acrylic painting, which was the first thing that I had started with in my younger years, watercolor and acrylic painting. So when I went back to acrylic painting, I struggled a lot with color. I didn't really understand how it worked. Um, I turned to my father a lot because he is an artist, so he would help me with color at times. But to just understand, like, if I wanted a brighter green, you don't add white, you add yellow, you know? These are the little things that take some time to know. And so I, I just figured, well, I'm in it now, let's learn as much as I can. So I did, and I just kept growing from there. And the, the amount that I understand now, just from taking the time to study, research, and most importantly, play. I think it's in my play and my experimenting that I've learned the most. And now you share it with all of us. With everybody. I have, I mean, everything that I teach has a foundation in color. 
And I also have another Instagram account because, you know, us crazy business people can't just do one thing. And I have Color Crush Creative where I create color palettes for people to use as inspiration. They are digital color palettes. I couldn't tell you the color of each one except for maybe the digital a hex number, but learning how to mix those colors and see those colors, that's what Color Crush Creative did for me. It kind of sent me on this journey of figuring out, okay, well, if you really did want to know how to mix that color, how would you do it? And that's where I came up with my foundation of modern color theory for myself, which is using the primaries, primary magenta, primary cyan, and primary yellow. Instead of the old masters traditional colors, these are modern colors that are from printmaking that now we can buy in paint tubes and it makes it really easy to start mixing your own colors and see how color works. And from there, it's just been like nothing but a journey of paint alchemy, really. Paint alchemy. Oh, that's such a nice phrase. It's kind of fun because I used to say we're little chemists, but we're not. It's more like alchemy because you're really making magic with the materials that you have. You transform those colors like it's really surprising to see what you can do with just three colors it's like again the mind blown emoji <laughs> <laughs> I think that's your like uh, default state at the moment right lots of I exciting am, things I am in awe and wonder right now because you huh. know we have had a lot of ups and downs over the last year year and a half or however long this is gonna last <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic but but I'm coming to a point now where a lot of joy and excitement's coming back and I'm kind of over some of the hump and it's been like really nice, nice to get to that point again. Mm -hmm. One of the main reasons that I wanted to chat to you specifically for the podcast uh, is about your book. I um, <laughs> and I love we're it because over this oh, we're just gonna, that's all we're going to do. Uh, but the fact, like, we both have the same publisher and the same editor, which is crazy. Yes. I love yeah. that fact. Um, but I want to start this discussion off by asking you the same thing that you asked me when you interviewed me recently. And that is, what is it like writing a book in the pandemic? It's weird. <laughs> well, it's weird to write a book in the first place because you have no idea going into it what's expected. It's very formulaic as far as what you need to do when and how, and especially because they're going to format everything and it's got to be a certain amount of length and a certain amount of pictures. But I think the challenge was having a photographer come in uh, who was who's a really good friend of mine, Becca Bastian Lee, who's an excellent artist and photographer. Um, and I was able to work with her, but there were many months where we couldn't get together because of the peak of the pandemic, um, or one of us might have accidentally been exposed, so we didn't want to take a chance. We were really careful. And in close quarters, even with a mask, you know, she's like hanging over my head, taking pictures while I'm painting and almost practically coaching me along through it. So what should have taken like two or three months to work through took us an entire year. Oh, yeah. On and off, because we were just doing one project at a time and um, and we got a lot done last summer. But then in, in the spring and in the fall, we had actually started it in January before the pandemic. And then we were like, oh, shit, how am I going to do this? Oh, sorry. Edit that one out. Oh, crap. How am I going to do this? 
we'll keep it in. We'll keep oh, it in. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> so what kind of, tell me more about the process that you went through. How did you, because a, a book is a massive project and you're used to massive projects. Like your summit is a massive project. Your classes are mat- massive projects. How did yeah. you, how did you do the book? Was it the same way? I ate a whale one bite at a time. <laughs> Because I didn't know what to expect and because the publishers, like you said, when we were interviewing yesterday, the publisher has certain expectations and they're the ones who are in charge of how it goes. I mean, yes, I have a say because it's my art and my voice, but I just followed step by step. When the next thing came, then I thought about the next thing, but I didn't mm. think about it until if you think about the whole project, it's overwhelming. So it's like, okay, first, I just need to get the table of contents done and an intro to what the book's going to be about. And if I can figure that out, then I'll figure the next step out. If I can figure out how to make, um, like we have to do this eight page spread so that they can use it for advertisement to sell the book. If I can just figure out how to do that, it's called a Blad uh, book layout and design. And if I can just figure that out, I'll get through that. And so really for me, it was just step-by-step doing what was needed and asking questions of my amazing editor. As you know, Janine was just like the most wonderful person to work with. The company's actually amazing, Cordo Books. And so I really, I can't have any complaints about the process as far as that goes, except for that it's way more work than most people would ever imagine <laughs> putting into a book. And, and you don't do it for the pay. You don't even do it thinking it's going to be a bestseller. You do it because it's an opportunity of a lifetime and it's an honor to have been asked. And it's a chance for me to be able to give something back to my customers so that they have a tangible piece of my ideas and my passion for color. By the way, the book is all about color, of course. It's called Mixed Media Color Studio. And I go through a lot of my color principles and all of the projects that I've loved to do over the past about color um, and mixed media products that have like everything from my seascapes to my landscapes to my florals and to some of my small little fun mixed media projects. But yeah, it was it was an interesting process. There was a point where the book was due that I actually went and checked into a hotel for a few days. Brilliant. And <laughs> so, then? And then it was finally done and you're like, okay, it's done. But then they come back and ask for more edits, which is, <laughs> I, I totally understand that. And then when you finally are like finished and you see your cover design and you have a, a date and you've got a listing on Amazon and you can pre-sell it and you're like, I can finally announce it. It's really like, it's almost, it's almost like those first 12 weeks of pregnancy where you know that it, you're going to have a baby, but something could, could not go right and so you don't announce your the birth of your big beautiful book <laughs> child <laughs> you don't announce it for a really long time until it's like the reality finally sets in and you're like okay this is really happening and then you can like talk about it and it's so exciting and I'm assuming you probably felt the same way all of all of those things all of those things writing a book is weird um it, it's very difficult to let go of control that was that was my number one, um, but also freeing. And there's a lot of beauty in losing self control. I always feel like um, with with my own personal development and with writing books, everything that I learned in art always comes out right. Like the idea that 
there's some stuff you're just not going to know and it's going to work out beautifully and some stuff that you think you know everything about and it's going to be really pretty bad like uh and that's just part of it tell me what was you do have to lose control because someone else is saying we know what's going to work so please trust us Mm, yeah yeah it's 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 intense saying you know better that's intense it's Especially because it's your ideas and your work that you're putting into that book. But the publishers, they do. They've done this probably thousands of times. So when they say, no, this is going to work better or in this order or this subject needs should be included or, you know, can you photograph this in this way? It's like, okay, you know, like I just wanted to put all florals in the book and my publisher, the editor, Janine, asked me to have all the variety that I normally share. So I'm like, okay, I see your point. So I let go of control of what I want the book to be about. Maybe one day I'll get to write a book just for myself. But in this case, it was really, you're right. It's nice to just turn over the work to the experts. Hmm. So what was your hardest thing about writing a book and what was the easiest thing? Hmm. Well, we call it writing a book, but we're really making a lot of art projects and talking about them. Right. So I think in some ways, the easiest thing was doing what I knew best, which was making the art. The hard part for me, and I loved the intro parts. And when I'm describing what color, how to use color and how to um, improve your artwork using color. But when we get into the step by step technical stuff, that was like probably taking me back to school work where I'm like, I have to finish this project and I'm not loving it, but it's part of the process. I didn't really enjoy technical writing at all, but but the making the art and working with Becca was probably the biggest joy. Uh, Seeing how those photos turned out, because there'd be times where I'd finish a project and I'd be like, oh, that did not turn out good. It shouldn't go in the book. And then Becca would send over the photos and I'd be like, oh, wow, I made that. Thank you for making my work look so much more amazing with your gorgeous photography. I really couldn't have done the book without her. <clears throat> so I don't know. Those are some of the highlights and, and lowlights. But generally speaking, other than trying to fit it amongst all the other things I need to do, I think it was pretty, it was, wasn't too, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> Let's be honest. I got to write a book. <laughs> I'm <laughs> grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I um my photographer is my friend too. And it was it's so nice being able to see yourself from their lens, right? Yeah. It's a similar when you get a bit of insight into like how your partner sees you or how like a good friend sees you. Yeah. Um, you feel a bit better. Like you're like, oh, I'm quite a nice person if you like me, like I must be a wonderful person. And so when you have a professional photographer taking photos of your work, they're able to capture the light in a certain way and they are able to harness their knowledge to best showcase your work. Uh, And then you're able to see how freaking amazing it is. Yeah. I, I just really did change everything. It gave me more confidence working with a photographer I couldn't have even imagined photographing it myself where there were times where we were worried I'd have to do it because of the pandemic. But, you know, you just mask up, get close and start photographing and hope it all turns out. Um, 
And she did, she did more than photograph. She would coach me through when I felt like, you know, that cycle you go through making art where sometimes you're like, I'm in the crap stage right now. And I don't think this is going to turn out. And she's like, you're doing great. Keep going. Yes. That mark looks beautiful. Leave it. And I'm like, can you just come in and coach me through all of my artwork, whether it's for a book or not? Like it was amazing <laughs> to have that point of view of somebody to, to, I'll just, you know what, I'm just going to put Becca in my little angel voice in the back of my head and be like, okay, I'm having a hard time with this painting. What would Becca say? <laughs> yeah, just keep her there. You don't, like, she can say whatever she needs to say. You know what she would say in yeah. <laughs> certain circumstances. <laughs> I want to be able to be that angel for other people too, which is why I keep doing the art courses and showing up live every Tuesday on my Instagram and whatever I can do to keep telling people you are worthy to keep making this art. That's really a big goal of mine. Well, I mean, you're definitely achieving it. Whenever I speak to you, I feel really good about myself. Um, and you, you know, you're not even coaching me necessarily. You're just chatting to me. So it definitely exudes from you. And it's definitely um, a natural talent of yours. Oh, I'm glad that you feel that way because I adore you. <laughs> I, <really do laughs> I admire you too and I look up to you and what you've built and you know when I was first starting my business to be able my business as far as the online teaching part I was able to really turn to you at times and say is this normal is this how we're supposed to do it and I can count only on one hand the amount of people who are willing to take the time to help me and you're definitely one of those people and I just I don't know I think I really like it when we can support each other as women. And mm. I was saying this also yesterday about, you know, I've had a lot of interviews with women this week of our guest artists and just talking about there's enough for all of us. There really is for us to all be successful. So when I meet other like-minded souls like you are, who believes that and doesn't feel like you need to hoard all the people just for get messy, <laughs> That's not necessary because people love get messy and they naturally gravitate. <laughs> well, my like thing is always that each individual person in the world is going to have their unique art style, right? And if get messy is not how they're going to find it, then I really want them to find how they're going to find it. Bingo. That's it. Like, that's the goal. More art, not more money. Not, I mean, more money is great, but like the goal is more art. The goal mm -hmm. is um, that like, I think we can get world peace through art. Yeah, sure. I love that idea. That's excellent. <laughs> so if I'm not the one for you, if Kaylee and Get Messy is not the one for you, find, I, I agree with you 100,000%. Find the place that is for you, that speaks to you so that you are fulfilling that dream because when we make art we're happier we're kinder we're putting more beauty into the world so I don't care where you find it either if I'm not the right one I just want you to to find the right place online that's your tribe and your people and your type of art someone you connect with that's really I agree with you but when you and I both have this abundant mindset that means that we really are opening up possibilities instead of shrinking to say I have to hold on to what I have because of fear I actually feel like I have confidence that the right people will find me or they will find you or they'll whoever they need to gravitate to as a teacher and as a guidance, as a group, as a community. There's some place for you out there, but we all deserve to be making the art, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what you're going to do next. What's next for you? 
Oh, well, launching the book is a big deal. And so I realized pre-orders are important to the success of a book. So I've got my color brigade. So if you buy my book, Kelly Wynn Conrad, who wrote Mixed Media Color Studio, (laughs) anywhere that you can find it and send the receipt to our email studio at kellywinstudios.com. Uh, a screen capture, a receipt, whatever. We put you on our color brigade list and we're going to have fun activities starting in July and then with a culmination of a big live online book launch party where you get more behind the scenes and I'm going to paint a demo, a big painting demo. So that's my, other than finishing up the virtual art summit, that's next on my agenda. And then I'm going to move into the thing that I've always been meant to do and finish creating a really comprehensive color composition and design course for artists that doesn't teach you my style. It helps you understand the foundation so you can paint in your style. And maybe I'll help you a little bit figure out what that is in the course. So that's coming in the fall. I haven't given it a name yet specifically, but I do have this really great idea on how it's going to launch. And so I'm really excited to be able to offer that because this has been my year of finishing, finishing all my ideas, finishing up my courses, finishing up all the little loose ends. And this is the one last big art course that I want to be able to put out into the world. All my other art courses are um, at your own pace and um, video recordings uh, from anything from the seascapes to color mixing to oil pastels. I have a lot of different types of courses that you can just a la carte take as you wish. But this one course is the one that I wanna be able to do live with a group and be able to be interactive and answer questions and paint as the questions come up, be able to paint live for the participants, um, along with a few really good comprehensive core classes that I've been working on for a while and putting all these crazy color ideas that I've had and the philosophies that I've come up with and the principles that I've been practicing and put it all into one gorgeous, perfect course. I hope it's perfect. It might not be perfect, but it'll be perfect for me and hopefully perfect for anyone who um, participates. So that's it. I have about a few months to finish that up and launch it into the world. And I hope everyone who really wants to get that strong foundation is ready for it, especially if you like color or anything else that I've done. (laughs) And I mean, they can just sign up for your newsletter list and then they're called and they'll know when it comes out. If you've connected with me in any way, whether it's for my regular Color for Your Inbox newsletter or it's for the summit, you'll get notice of that. Or just follow me on Instagram. I never shut up over there. (laughs) (laughs) I think that when my kids are all playing video games or playing Dungeons and Dragons or whatever it is that they're having fun doing, I'm like, I'm just playing my game, which is called Instagram. (laughs) My husband thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, this is my job, but also my hobby. (laughs) It's great. I have no boundaries. I should have them. You'll find me over there at least a dozen times a day. <laughs> so this year's your year of finishing. What's yes. next year? Um, so are we looking too far? Really gonna push me into <laughs> telling my dreams. I I do want to tell my dreams because. I think now that we're having this conversation, we're very much like-minded souls when it comes to business. But I really believe 
I believe everyone has the potential to be really successful and make a good solid income with their talents. And I want to be able, all right, I'm gonna say it. This is the first time I'm saying it publicly. I really wanna be able to teach what I do. I wanna teach <laughs> artists and creative souls how to make a really solid income teaching, workshops, coaching, um, and all the other in-betweens of what we do to be able to create income as creatives besides selling art. So basically would love to create a very comprehensive program to help you be a successful businesswoman yourself. Oh my gosh. That's my plan. I've been working on it with, I have a business coach. I've been working on it with her since last year, the concepts. But I got a little scared this year. And so instead I said, all right, this is just going to be my year of finishing because that's something that I know how to do. And that will feel good to feel finished with the projects that I've had all kind of loose and undone and bringing Color Crush Creative back and finishing all these little courses that I had promised that I'd finish. So I feel good about being able to get things finished so that I can start really fresh next year with my new ideas of being able to bring... Um, the power of being an independent entrepreneur to into the hands and, and hearts of women across the world. That's yes. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> you got me to say it. And as I say it, I hear what it is that I want to do. So I formulated that idea on the go. Always the best way to explain it is when you're put under pressure or shower thoughts. <laughs> I mean, or technically in the shower, you're under pressure. It's just water pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the dad joke. I'm sorry for it. It's okay. I love it. I love it. I have a very weird, quirky sense of humor that I don't allow out on public very often. <laughs> well, now that's my new goal then, is yeah, to get okay. that out in public. <laughs> to be a lot more like me. If anyone hasn't figured it out yet, I'm loud. I have a very strong voice. I'm so passionate. And passion can come across as aggressive. Sometimes I realize that. So I'm trying to make sure that it makes sense that what I'm doing is sharing my love very, very loudly. Oh, that's <laughs> such a nice way of phrasing it, sharing your love I'm, loudly. Well, I'm just trying to be more compassionate with myself because I'm really, really hard on myself. Um, but to be able to connect with more people in an authentic way is definitely a goal of mine. And and I think you'll keep seeing that through the next year as I kind of come out of this pandemic shell that definitely transformed me and my way of thinking. I shut down my membership last year and then really had to reevaluate what was most important to me and who really who I wanted to be able to connect with over the long run and how I wanted to be able to run my business in a way that felt aligned with me. And I think memberships can be really great and powerful, but the way I was running it wasn't working hmm. the way that I imagined it would. It was a struggle and, um, and I was exhausted. I was very burnt out by September of last year and it came as a surprise to a lot of people, but a lot of members saw it coming. They could see that that's how it was going to go. And from there, I've had a huge reset that's, that took at least six months or more of figuring out where I was going next and how I was going to do it. And that's why I felt like the most therapeutic thing I could do was just finish. Mm. I hope by the end of the year, I'll finish some of these art projects too. If not, 
yeah, it might just be time to abandon old ideas and start fresh by 2022. Oh, oh, that's mm-hmm. exciting. Oh, I know. Yeah, I think I was speaking to uh, Kate Sherwood and She's an extremely prolific art journaler. Uh And I had a conversation with her about finishing art journals. And she's like, loads of my journals don't have anything, like have, are not finished until the last page. There are loads that have a whole bunch of pages at the end that are blank, um, but they're finished. And so I love that like freedom that sometimes, you know, art or business things you know they come into your life for a certain period and then they serve their purpose and just because they don't last forever doesn't mean that it's they didn't have a purpose or just because they didn't have the purpose you expected they're there for a reason yeah that's really quite an important aha moment I'm having right now like I (laughs) definitely shouldn't be disappointed that things didn't Mm. work with my membership it taught me so much about running a business and how to provide customer service and it ran its time and maybe there will be a membership again in the future someday but it'll be a completely different concept so that I can do what aligns best with me but yeah even some of the art ventures I went into trying to work with galleries or um, or other kinds of I won't go into long details because we're going to run out of time but there were a lot of quote unquote, failures or unfinished things, but they weren't really failures. They were the best learning stepping stones that I could have possibly gone through to be prepared for everything that comes next. So I don't look back with regret at all about the membership, about some of my art ventures that came before that. Um, I just look at it as like, what's, it's what's shaped me. <laughs> it's yeah. what's given me the the um, foundation of what I needed to know in order to grow the business that I have now. And I think that's really part of what I'm very passionate about teaching when it comes to business is taking who you are, the good and the bad, the failures and the successes, and shaping that into your story to create a strong foundation to launch the business that you want to do. If I can shorten the gap from where someone is now to where they want to be by like imparting some of my, my ups and downs and like really getting to that core of how to get there faster. I'd love to say, Hey, you be you take those, take those, you know, here I am speaking about the things that I have a hard time with myself, but I know from experience, take those quirks and make them that your superpower to build your business on. Yeah. failures and build a strong platform and launch from it because that's who you are and you've learned from each and every one of those life experiences to be able to give you the knowledge and the unique point of view to create what it is that you want to create I just and that's with art that's with art business that's with any type of entrepreneurship that's just with life in general when you show up on your social media come as the most authentic version of yourself and you're going to have far more success. Yeah, man, that that whole idea of taking your weaknesses, that is your superpower. I love that so much. And I found it so many times to be true. Like with my art, my, my quote unquote weakness is that I'm lazy as hell. Like I am lazy when it comes to making art, but that's what makes my art look like me and look good and look yes. nice and cohesive and all, you know, all the things that I want it to be. Um, it, it, it's um, it's 
obvious that you do it with ease and that it's not forced. And so it has this beautiful gentleness about it. I love it. I love it. How about my weakness, which I've been told since the time I started school, you talk too much, you're too loud. You always have something to say. And I, I honestly have hated myself for that and thought very poorly of myself. And yet here I am, if I didn't have my voice, if I wasn't outspoken, I wouldn't have been able to rise to where I am and use that now as my power. My voice is my power. And so I shouldn't shrink myself just because society says women should be more subservient, more quiet and demure and listen more and speak less. Come on, I'm calling bullshit on that. I'm using this as my advantage. And that's what I really want people to be able to flip the script and say, hey, look, I only really like to work in Sharpie markers because I don't have the patience for anything else. Well, use that to your advantage. Use that to your advantage to the very best of your ability, whatever type of art you wanna make. If you are a quiet, introverted person, guess what? There's a whole world of quiet, introverted people that you can connect with that need that kind of support. It really doesn't matter. None of it should be considered a negative trait. You know, whatever mm. it is that we love, that who we are, um, I'm learning how to embrace that. It's really hard. It's really hard. I'm not perfect. It's really hard. But learning how to embrace who you are and make it your superpower is really how you move forward. Oh, oh so good, Kaylee. I didn't think us to get into this kind of a deep Damn. conversation, but I love, love, love it. I love it. So good. That's why well, we need each other. That's why we need our greater community because we don't realize this until we all connect the way we get to connect. Yep. Yep. Oh. I'm going to, I'll wrap us up there because it's just so powerful. And if there's like, well, it's, what is your one tip? My one for tip? For someone wanting to like nurture their art practice. What would you like make, to end with? Make a lot of bad art. Yeah. <laughs> as much as you can. And... And the more bad art you make, good art, bad art, crappy art on cheap copy paper with the cheapest supplies or with the best supplies, it doesn't matter. The only way to know how to make your art is to make your art. That's the only way you're gonna know. You have to do it. You can't read about it. You can't look at it on Instagram. You can't talk about it. You can't just watch the videos. You have to do it. That comes first before everything else. Amen. That's my advice. So great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly. I love picking I love picking your brain always. We're gonna have to do it again. Again, definitely. 